Today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. How can you withstand the pressure of the culture in your own life? How can you withstand when your boss asks you to do something that would be very sinful and dishonest? How would you stand when you're tempted by some gal or some guy to commit adultery on your spouse? How will you respond when you see something happening with your kids? How will you respond when people are giving you bad counsel? And how would you even know it's bad counsel? By knowing the word of God. The sheep hear the shepherd's voice, and that is something you must. I can't do it for you. I can't do it for my wife. I can't do it for my kids. I can only do it for myself. Make a commitment to tune my ear to God's voice. In these last days, even more so. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing. Whether it's our children, our spouse, parents, or even a good friend, we can rather easily detect their voice. That's because we're familiar with it, having spent a lot of time with them. Well, today on Abounding Grace, we'll see that's equally true of our relationship with God. If we're truly followers of Christ in the Word of God and spending time in prayer, we'll be able to spot the voice of God a mile away and be able to detect and reject the false shepherds too. In John chapter 10, here is Pastor Ed Taylor. I'm telling you, friend, you might even be in a situation right now where God has used the rod of correction and you're despising it and you're rebelling against it. And I would just say submit to it. Learn how to draw near to the Lord. There's a sweetness of knowing that God, through this picture of the shepherd, man, that sheep would never wander away again. And I'm sure in your heart of hearts, that's what you want in your own life. You want that close, abiding relationship with the shepherd. Not only did he have the rod, but he also had, like the psalmist said in Psalm 23, the staff. Now, the staff was a much larger, about seven or eight feet stick with a large crook on the end, And this was a tool that the shepherd would use just to keep the sheep in order. He might gently pull one back into the fold, or he might just stand there with authority. But I'm sure you've seen pictures of that where it would come up and it was a large crook on the top. And it's a beautiful tool. It's a much gentler tool just to kind of keep people, uh, keep the sheep in the right place, in the right uh, pen, in the right direction. And even on our trip to Israel, when you get down into the Judean wilderness and you see the Bedouins there and you see a lot of still, there's a lot of sheep there and a lot of shepherds there. It's still a very normal part of life in the Middle East. That's the picture that's being drawn for us by Jesus. As he associates himself as the shepherd, he's associating us as the sheep, and he's also associating this new sheepfold. It's something new. Now, the picture of the sheepfold at night, they would bring, all the shepherds could share the sheepfold. It wasn't just for one flock. So the sheep would be there in the evening, and then in the morning, the shepherd would come in the sheepfold, and he would have a special noise. And we've seen this where we've watched, and there's just some, you try to, you know, I I see it. The only thing I can compare it to here is that those of you that own horses, you're able to do something with your mouth, and like your horse just automatically, like I've tried that, and the horse just looks at me, he's like, what? Like, 
what are you trying to do? I've seen the same thing with shepherds where you have a noise where the sheep hear their shepherd's voice. They don't, they don't pay attention to another shepherd. So you can try to mimic it, but there's a relationship that goes on where the sheep know their shepherd. So in this sheepfold, the God is doing a new work. It's very similar to Jesus teaching in another place that he is going to pour new wine into new wineskins. This is a new work. This sheepfold is now going to be broader. Judaism now will be replaced with a true relationship with the true Messiah. No longer the old covenant of the law. Now it's the new covenant of grace. The sheepfold is going to have different sheep. Turn the page in your, in your gospel of John here, and let's see in 16. It's underlined and circled here. So verse 16, And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them I also must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So Jesus is saying there's a new work going on here, that the flock of God is not just the Jew. This other group of sheep is what then? Gentiles. So the Bible gives us three distinct groups of people on the earth today. First, the Jew. Second, the Gentile. And the third group of people is the church. The church is a group of people that's made up of who? Redeemed Jews and Gentiles. One flock, one shepherd. And this would have been a very startling thing for the religious rulers to hear in the day. That God is doing a new work, the fulfillment of his prophecy, the gospel to go to the Gentiles. And the Bible says when the fullness of Gentiles comes in, then God will then turn his attention back to the Jew. And many, many Jews will be saved. This is all the imagery. But I want to focus in as we head out today on verse 3. Back in John chapter 10. It says, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Sheep hear and follow their shepherd's voice. These sheep were trained to hear the call of their own shepherd, even as the word of God trains you and me to hear the voice of God. It's so vital that we, I mean, if you want more training and to hear the shepherd's voice, then you need to be more and more in the word of God. The word of God speaks. The word of God is the voice of God. This is not a mere scripture that says, you and I have an ear to hear our pastor's voice. Not, not that at all. This is a truth that you and I, as we train our ears to hear God's voice in every situation, you have to agree with me that, man, today there are more voices out there trying to get our attention than ever before. And I just started thinking about it. 20 years ago, it wasn't like this. Just 20 years ago. It wasn't like this where you could get, you know, somebody will come up and share something. And I'm like, man, I've never heard of that. Where'd you get that from? Well, I saw a YouTube video. Oh, a YouTube video. You have a new thinking, a new theology because somebody put a YouTube video together in their basement and posted it on the internet. And now you're distracted because you're hearing someone else's voice. Or, you know, in the day, you know, just 20 years ago, we would deal as pastors with people hearing uh, uh, some magazine article or something on television. But now we're bombarded with information. You'll get stuff forwarded to you. You'll start looking for stuff. You'll Google stuff. And you got all these voices. And I wonder, how do you know it's the voice of God? 
Well, you need to take everything that you hear and read, even though you're being bombarded with information now, and test it by the word of God. And I really believe that I have to assert this today because I think one day God's going to hold me accountable for this. So I'm going to share it with you. I'm sure you know it, but I want to verbalize it. Just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true. (laughs) I just want to make that clear because some people have fought that, well, it's on the internet. They got a website and they got, like, credibility in the day used to be built by relationship. And now people can gain some kind of credibility without any relationship. And there you have to be very, very careful. Do you know the Bible warns us in 2 Timothy? Would you turn back to 2 Timothy here? The Bible warns us. And I believe the warning comes very crystal clear in the days in which we live. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, draw your attention there to verse 3. You know, not everything that's forwarded to you, not everything that's taught, not everything that's on the radio, not everything's on TV, not everything's on the internet is true just because it goes out. And here is the warning in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap up for themselves teachers. Now, that's true. I think the time has come. I don't think it's going to come. I think the time has come where there is a lack of endurance for sound doctrine. And because of itching ears, there will be people raising up for themselves teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. Now, please be careful here that we don't read this scripture for everyone else outside of this room. Yeah, those guys, will re- they have itching ears. And yeah, there's a lot of people out there that have, no, no, this is a warning to you and me. And you can just say it like gently in your heart right now. You can just say, I have itching ears, Lord. Protect me. Protect me from those seasons in life when I'm vulnerable. Protect me from those seasons in life when I'm in the flesh. And I just want to hear. I don't want to hear the truth. I just want to hear what somebody else has to say. I want to find people to agree with me. And we have itching ears. Every one of us do. And every one of us will face vulnerable times in my life. I know for me lately, it's been discouragement. When I'm discouraged, when, when I even get to a place of being depressed or dealing with things, that, that's itching ears. That itching ears come. And, and I need to submit my, fortunately, God has made it very clear, just submit myself to the word, to the God of all comfort, who comforts me in all my tribulation. But there's other triggers in your life. It may not be discouragement for you. It might be a financial thing. Or, you know, a financial thing uh, is used by many false teachers today. One of the most horrendous false teachings that has come to the church in the last few years is this prosperity gospel. It's absolutely nonsense. I can't believe anybody believes that. Anybody gives these guys any money. But I'll tell you what. I hold, I hold those that teach it, that's false teaching, responsible. But you know, the people that get involved in it, you're responsible too. You've got to understand something. Part of that false teaching is taking advantage of your itching ears. And wait a minute, Ed, how's my itching ear? How do my ears itching? I didn't know my ears were itching. Well, that particular doctrine, that particular teaching takes advantage of something that's in all of us, and that is greed. I mean, well, think about it. You know, you put your money in the bank these days. You put some money in, and there's you get your statement, two cents of interest. Wow, thank you. 
I'm going to really grow my savings that way. And then maybe you get a couple bills or you get a couple things and then the TV's on and somebody's there looking at you saying, if you just send me $100, God is going to give you a hundredfold increase and you will have all your bills paid and just send your money to me and I'll lay on it and I'll pray my anointing on it and you send me your money and you're going to get it. So what do you do? You're kind of in a vulnerable time. Your ears are itching. Somebody's saying what you want to hear. So you write out the check, you call them up with the credit card and you send it in and you wait. And you wait, and you come to find out, oh, man, I don't have no thousand bucks. I'm only a hundred bucks more poor now. And then a letter comes in from that particular evangelist, and you're like, oh, my check, my check, my check has arrived. And you find out it's not a check. They might even be in there. So you haven't received your thousandfold increase. Well, God has told me that if you just send me another $500, he'll release it to you. And, and, and you're just being taken advantage of. But it's not unwilling, it's your greed. God doesn't operate like that. He doesn't operate, well, God, I obligate you now to give me this new thousandfold, whatever it is these days. I haven't seen it lately. And, and, and you've got to realize that's your itching ears. It's not just them, it's us. And how careful we need to be to train our ears to hear the shepherd. The shepherd of Israel would not do that to you. And the more that you will learn because, you know, you, when you're giving to those guys, you're not even giving willingly and joyfully. You're giving, expecting God to give back. That's not what the Bible says. We already know what God's voice is on that. God has already given us his best. He's given everything to everything that we have. Remember how when you came in, remember when you were born, you came into this world naked. You had nothing. You couldn't do anything. All you do is cry and scream and you were at the sole dependence on everyone that was around you. You came into this world naked. Everything that you have is a gift of God. And we don't give to God to get. We give to God because he's worthy of all that he's done, will do, has done, and continue to do in our life. So lest we just like, well, you know, it's on them. Hey, a lot of times we get into vulnerable places and it's our itching ears. We raise those teachers up. You know, you might be going through a difficult time right now. And, and we see it here quite a bit where you come to, to Calvary for counsel and one of the, you sit down with one of the pastors. They give you the counsel. You don't like it. So you'll go to him and you'll, well, you know, I don't like this pastor very much. So you find another pastor uh, here. And then they give you the same counsel. And then eventually you get, send me an email. Pastor Ed, can I meet with you? And I'm like, well, what, what do you mean you want to meet with me? Let's talk after service. And they say, well, pastor so-and-so said this. And pastor so-and-so said this. What do you think? I think they gave you good counsel. Oh, Man, but they did this and they, I know, but your situation is very simple, bro. Just, you need to repent of your sin. And then what happens? And they go, well, you know, I don't like him. I don't like him. I definitely don't like Ed. There's got to be a pastor out there somewhere that'll tell me, the, tell me what I want to hear. And you know, the sad thing is, is there probably is. There's probably somebody out there that'll tell you exactly what you want to hear and lead you down the path of destruction. So be careful. Tune and train your ears to hear the shepherd's voice. I mean that as well from this pulpit, from my lips. Don't, don't train your ears to hear my voice, but train your ears to hear God's voice from this pulpit, no matter who's filling it. And if you hear anything that's just like, wait a minute, I don't think, I don't know about that, test it by the word of God. Test everything by the word of God. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit as a teacher dwelling in you. You can open up the Bible and go, God, what does this scripture mean? And God will tell you what it means. He'll reveal it to you. And, and it's, it's not something where you just kind of blindly submit yourself to leadership. No, you, you, you openly submit yourself to the Lord, and he will put the shepherds he desires in your life. 
He'll put you in the right fellowship family. He'll put you in a place where you will grow. He'll put you in a place where the gospel will be taught, where the word of God will be taught. You know, there, there are even good things that we have to be careful of. It wasn't too many years ago that pretty much every church in town here was teaching, doing the same thing. They were teaching the same book, not, not a book of the Bible, but another book. They were teaching those sermons that were pre-prepared for them. I mean, every t- they all did it together. It was a big movement around the world. Everybody was doing it, but we chose not to. And a few people in our church were kind of upset. We go, wait a minute, Ed, I see everybody doing it, and it seems pretty good. And, and, and I, it gave me the opportunity to explain to them, look, that, we don't do that here. We just teach the Bible. It's very simple. We're a very simple church. We, we gather together. We sing together. We study the Bible together. We pray together. We serve each other. And then we leave to go make a change in the world. That, it's very simple. And I have a personal problem, you know, on a personal level. Even though it was good, I don't think the book is all that bad. I don't think the idea was all that bad. I, I think I, it's great. If other people want to do it, that's fantastic. I don't even think it was that sinful. But I tell you this, I don't preach other people's sermons. Like, because send me a prepackaged, like, well, here are the six sermons to preach. What? How do I even know that's from the Lord for our church? What word does he need to hear? What do you need to hear? What is it that God would bring you here? Like, like, and so during that time, what we were doing is everyone was doing one thing. We'd open the Bible. We'd study the verses. And then we'd come back the next week. And we'd open the Bible and study the verses. We'd come back the next week. And, and that's what we've done. We've done that for 16, 17 years. That's what we're going to continue to do. We're not going to cave into the culture. We're not going to cave into the church culture. If you want the Bible taught, and you want to come together and sing, and you want to bring your family to a safe place where they're going to hear the Bible, this is a good place for you. This is where you belong. This, I believe, this is where my family was raised. This is where I grew up. You know, I grew up in this church and the previous church I came from. It's a safe place. And to the best of our ability, we're not going to get off on all kinds of weird stuff. Um, even if it's not sinful, we're just going to point you to the gospel, point you to the Lord. Because you know what happens when you start to abandon the word of God in any way. You go, wait a minute, Ed, that book had a lot of scriptures in it. I know, but it was a book with a lot of scriptures in it. I've got a book that has more scriptures in it. This one right here. <laughs> This is it. I'm not opposed to reading. I read all the time. Don't misunderstand me. I read all the time. I love to read. I want to learn and grow, but I don't read more than the Bible. This is the book that changes lives. This is the only book on the planet Earth that is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So I'm not opposed to other books. I'm not opposed. But listen, the reality, the importance is, is that this is the only book that's going to change your life. This is the only book that's going to radically change your life. When you abandon the Bible, even a little bit, then it leads to churches abandoning the truth. And that's the age that we're living in, where entire groups of churches are capitulating to the culture. They're actually coming back and going, you know what? The Greek word doesn't really mean that. And that's not really what God meant. And they're like, wait a minute. God has meant that from the moment it was uttered from his mouth. Why are you changing your mind now? Well, because the pressure of the culture. How can you withstand the pressure of the culture in your own life? How can you withstand when your boss asks you to do something that would be very sinful and dishonest? How would you stand when you're tempted by some gal or some guy to commit adultery on your spouse? How will you respond when you see something happening with your kids? How will you respond when people are giving you bad counsel? And how would you even know it's bad counsel? By knowing the word of God. The sheep hear the shepherd's voice and that is something you must i can't do it for you i can't do it for my wife i can't do it for my kids i can only do it for myself make a commitment to tune my ear to god's voice in these last days even more so and i'm grateful to be a part of a fellowship family 
you as a congregation that are ready and receptive, where truly there are seasons here, like when we went through the book of Romans and it took us over three and a half years, where you endured sound doctrine. There was an endurance there. So, well, I'm at church. I wonder what, wonder what we're going to do today. No, you already know what we're going to do today. And so even sometimes you're just like, well, you know what? I'm just going to make that decision. I'm going to endure sound doctrine. I'm going to receive that strong word. I mean, some of you I know listening in, maybe you're on the radio right now even, where you're like, you know what? I'm into that faith gospel. I really believe that. And I would just ask you, open up your Bible and see if it's in there. And then wherever you find it, email me. Email me directly, pastored at calvaryaurora.org. Tell me where you find that false teaching in the Bible, and I'll talk to you about it. And I'll show you that it is nowhere in there. That is not the heart of God. I don't want you, you have to endure even that. Or you go, but yeah, but it's, I'm genuine and I'm sincere. And you know what? I believe you. And in your genuineness and sincerity, people have taken advantage of you. And just tune your ear to the Lord. Come back. Grow in God's word. Read it every day. Pray every day and watch God tune your ear to hear your shepherd's voice, not someone else, not some weird doctrine out there, not some YouTube video, not some email that got forwarded, not some weird cult that hits you up at Walmart. You hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. You're listening to Abounding Grace and part of Ed Taylor's study in John's Gospel. Hear this message again online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Well, Pastor Ed, in today's lesson, you encouraged us to tune in to the Lord's voice, our Good Shepherd. And as you know, there are a lot of other voices competing for our attention. So let's talk for a bit about how many are listening to the wrong things or the wrong voices today. Maybe it's what we watch on TV or view on social media or who we're hanging around with. What are your thoughts about that? Well, Larry, I think it's super important that we pay attention to this principle of being careful what we watch, what we listen to, who we hang out with, who we allow to give us input and opinions in our lives, because the Bible says that evil company corrupts good habits. And I I just know that new habits are being formed, new ways of thinking are being formed because of social media and because of who we present ourselves to. Jesus said if we present ourselves to sin, then we're going to be a slave to sin. And if we present ourselves to righteousness, then we're going to be a slave to righteousness. And there's just no substitute for being in the Word, for being in prayer, to receiving good, solid Bible studies, Bible teaching, reading books about the Bible, commentaries on different books, saturating ourselves with the Word of God. Think about it this way. You know, I always like to say, are you, if you've been in your job for 10 years, Are you better now at your job 10 years later than when you were on day one? And I mean, 99.999% of people I ask that to say, of course I am. And then you have to ask yourself why. And I'll tell you why. Because of repetitive practice, improvement, studying, growing classes, continuing education, because you have devoted yourself to being good at your at your job, at your career, at what you do. And so I want to encourage you to devote yourself to being a good believer, follower of Christ. Do what's necessary. You know, even I was thinking of Paul talking to Timothy, saying, you know what? 
We don't go through life like an average normal person. We have to lay aside uh, the, the cares and concerns of this world to being a good soldier, to be good, a good faithful follower. Um, so be careful. You know, I think it was Jay Vernon McGee back in the day. He would say, watch out for what you put in your eye gate and your ear gate. I know that's a lame, um, that's a lame way to do his voice, you know, an impersonation, but it's the best I can do. And I'm sure he's still on the radio um, teaching through the Bible verse by verse. And I know that that is a blessed method to go through the Bible. And I'd encourage you to do the same. Thanks for sharing that. See if this sounds familiar. You have a stubborn habit. You've prayed about it, surrendered it to God, and yet you still can't seem to break free. It's about that time that discouragement can begin to set in. Well, today we'd like to recommend a helpful book authored by Erwin Lutzer called How to Break a Stubborn Habit. In it, you'll find three essential ground rules you need to accept in order to change. Also, discover the secret to dismissing tempting thoughts. And Erwin Lutzer uncovers the roles of God, Satan, and your loved ones in your success or failure. Request a copy today when you give a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Call 877-30-GRACE or go online to calvaryco.store. And here at Abounding Grace, we look to the Lord to provide for us. If He's leading you to take an active role in the ministry through either a one-time gift or ongoing monthly support, please visit us online at AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. Well, that will do it for today. Come back tomorrow when Pastor Ed Taylor will pick up where we left off in the Gospel of John here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.